Hey, After Buzzers, welcome to an all new Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce After Show here at After Buzz TV. Tonight, we're going to be breaking down season four, episode three, titled Rule Number 706 Let Them Eat Cupcakes. We have a very special treat for you guys. Lisa Edelstein is here Skyping in. We're so excited, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz. Begin. Hello, beautiful After Buzzers. Thank you again for tuning into our Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce After Show here at After Buzz TV. I'm your host, Sam Davidson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SamD43. I have a full panel tonight. Please introduce yourselves. Let us know where we can find you on social media. Hey guys, I'm Lucretia Lyons. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And I'm Lindsay Miller, and you can find me on all social media at Rockin' Mama Life. And I'm Tara Johnson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TJ Wagging Her Tail. And of course, you guys, we have Lisa Edelstein here with us via Skype. Thank Yay! you so much for being here. <laughs> Where can everyone find you on social media for those that don't know? Me? Yeah. Edelstein. Yep. It's, uh, it's right, it's right yeah. out there. Just like you are. Um, oh my god, I love you. I'm so excited right now. You guys have no idea. Of course, don't forget to follow AfterBuzz TV at AfterBuzz TV and all social media platforms. Rate, review, subscribe. We love hearing your feedback. We love, love, love talking about this show. So keep on talking to us about it. Um, so yeah, Lisa's here on our screens. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, Lisa. I am so excited. Fangirl. Fangirl. I'm, I'm fangirling <laughs> so hard right now. Literally <laughs> fell off her chair when you called. <laughs> I was like, someone's calling me. I was like, I think it's Lisa. And I and I tricked. I she tricked did. to she pick did. up my cell phone. <laughs> You fell off your chair. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> exciting. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. You know, we love this show. We love talking about it very much. Um, first off, before we get into the episode, I just want to ask you, Lisa, about how this show started. You know, were you involved from the get-go? Did you know that it was going to be so great and successful from the start? Or it was just like, eh, we'll see what happens with this show. <laughs> I was not involved, but I know Marty Noxon, who created the show. She, her, her brother is best friends with my husband. And actually, Robert and I had just started dating when she started writing this whole concept. It was originally a show that was going to be a half-hour comedy on Showtime, and then that kind of went nowhere, and she got the rights back. And um, around that time, she told me she was working on something that she thought I was right for. And I just put it out of my head because... That there's a million things people are working on that they think pe of people for that never happens. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't think about it. And then about a year later, she talked about it with me again, and I was like, oh, okay. And then six months after that, she sent me the script to ask if I would be very serious about being interested in it, so she could go after me for it when it got greenlit. I said yes, and then it got greenlit, and they offered it to ten other people. Shame on them. This business is cruel, let me tell you. I don't know who it was, but I'm sure it was like J-Lo or whatever. <laughs> Could you then, imagine? Yeah. And then finally, I got the opportunity to, to fight for the job, and, and I got it. And it was a dream job. It's just been an amazing experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a woman and just being in love with the genre I feel like that you are you know because you said originally it was supposed to be a 30 minute comedy on Showtime which is interesting and wow. I I feel like Girlfriend's Guide created the hour long dramedy in a way that's people are following not, uh, there's not a um, uh, 
a proper, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry, menopause. No, language is gone. There's no specific uh, genre for it, are you saying? There's no genre in the Emmys. They don't have it. They yeah. have it. drama and comedy. So uh, we compete because we are an hour long. You can't be a comedy if you're an hour long. Huh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You have to either vote for Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, that's not fair. <laughs> right. That's an unfair so, match. <laughs> yeah, I think that, and I hope that dramedy will eventually be a, it's a genre in its own for real. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. You know, what's interesting is that I think it was close to a year ago we got the news that there would be three more seasons but that it was going to, you know, kind of be shorter seasons. And I was thrilled at first, and then I was very sad. Yeah. yeah. And people were like, oh, my God, this is the most successful show ever. They got picked up for three more seasons. <laughs> like, each one's five hours of time. Like, well, it's not quite the thing. But I will say, um, though, it, though it wasn't the news we really wanted to hear, um, it was great news because – it, it gave us the opportunity to tell a complete story. And a lot of times shows, when they die, they just die suddenly. It's a sudden mm-hmm. death syndrome. And you never get to satisfy any of the character storylines. And it bums fans out. Um, so we went into these three seasons shooting it, knowing that we were writing towards uh, an end for everybody. And um, that's why I think especially season four and five happen to be my favorite because they they really tell some good stories and there's no time to drag things out artificially the way a lot of shows have to do mm-hmm. um and and so it gets to the heart of things like tonight i mean i just i just love these these two seasons so much yeah i mean and you've been very involved uh behind the scenes <laughs> i have i mean i I became a producer, and uh, I wrote a few. I wrote an episode and a half, and I directed an episode in season five that I'm very excited about. Amazing! That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. We had the pleasure of interviewing. 48 when I got this job, so it was. Kind of, I've been doing this for a long time, and it's sort of what anybody would hope for in their careers, which would be to expand when you've been doing it for a long time. So it's it's great. Yeah, and I mean, if it's a lesson to anybody, right? Stick with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Stick with it and also take the opportunities that you have. I mean, mm-hmm. I could have just lived out this show in the most incredible way as just an actor, but with a boss like Marty, I, was, I thought, wait a minute, there's a lot more here that I can experience and I don't want to miss out and I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go for it. And I, I encourage anybody and everybody to do that. It's very Abby of you. <laughs> 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 we had the pleasure of in, of interviewing Cynthia Summers yeah. last season, last season. Yeah. who's amazing. Yeah. And you've been so involved with the show since the beginning you know, with Marty talking to you. When you saw what Cynthia brought to you for the character of Abby, did you agree with her vision? Did you disagree with it? How did you see Abby? Well, Cynthia came in after the pilot. She wasn't on the pilot. Um, so it was fun because the pilot, I think, leaned more into trying to be realistic with a little bit of uh, glitter um but once we got going we were like this is bravo (laughs) (laughs) all glitter all the time uh, cynthia was it was really fun to work with her because she she's very open if you have ideas she wants those ideas if you don't have ideas that's great too like she'll she'll just take what she has to work with and for me i'm i really am hands-on i love fashion i love design so 
um, in every way on the show. I've really, I really got to have input that was valued and, and, and heard. And that's not always what happens as an actor. Usually yeah. it's just like, shh, shh. <laughs> 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 yeah. You're, you're like, that's nice. They're like, that's nice. <laughs> but, um, let's just, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's cute. You have an opinion. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, the having the short seasons is really rewarding for us as viewers, but it's also got to be really rewarding as an actor. So I'm really curious. I know you can't tell us what happens, but are you happy with how Abby ends this story? Ooh, yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. And and in fact, we shot the last shot of the last episode on the last day. It was the last shot. It was like it would all worked out. It was the last shot in this in the episode and the last shot that we shot and it was a close up of me looking at everybody. Um and it was uh it was a very moving experience. I, the other thing is knowing that we were both successful enough to get picked up for so many seasons and coming to an end. People sort of came into last year of shooting with incredible confidence and uh, and a great attitude and an awareness that things don't last forever and um, real appreciation for each other. So uh, that that also doesn't happen very very often. And it was it was beautiful. It's like your yes. senior so year I, of high school. And yeah, I'm happy <laughs> that story line. Sorry. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it it is hard to know. Like I said, you know, at first I was upset, and I'm happy now seeing it play out because I really truly feel as though the writers know exactly where they're going with this and every single scene has a purpose. Yeah. And I I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you think are your similarities with Abby, but also what do you hate about Abby? <laughs> you know, um, I feel like that's a trick question. <laughs> I don't mean it to be, I love you. <laughs> Should we ask some loved ones? <laughs> I, when I was a kid, I used to love Lucy, except I couldn't watch I Love Lucy because she always screwed everything up. <laughs> it made me really anxious, and I would I could only watch the beginning and the end or any outfits um, that she had because <laughs> the outfits were awesome. Oh but I feel like Abby is a lot like Lucy in that way where she just, she just screws up so often. Um, and she's not always a hundred percent a nice person, but I don't think intentionally, I think she just, uh, lacks a certain editing. Um, and, uh, I appreciate very much her resilience because she, she screws up and she wipes herself back off again and, and gets up and tries again. And I love their girlfriend relationships because they really have a lot of forgiveness in them and acceptance in them, which, you know, is a nice thing to model. A, a nice thing to model for all of our friendships. Yeah, absolutely. You're you always play such strong, smart, powerful women, but in different ways. Because I'm a big fan of yours from House as Dr. Lisa oh, Cuddy. Loved it. What yeah. do you feel is different about how your approach is to Lisa Cuddy and Abby? Yeah. Well, they're so yeah. different. Yeah, they're so different as characters. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the script really. Cuddy was so restricted. Cuddy, <laughs> Cuddy could exist from here to here. You know, she had a job to do and she had a complicated relationship with House and um, could not be silly, could not be girly, wore, you know, hyper feminine outfits. If Well, I guess that's, 
that's genderizing an outfit. <laughs> Those sexy red bras. <laughs> yeah. Can't say anything. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, even though she was in stilettos, it wasn't like she was letting loose. She she was very very restricted in, in every way. And and Abby is kind of the opposite. Abby is looking for boundaries. Um, and kind of tripping her way through life, trying to figure out where they are. Uh, so yeah, a completely different experience mm-hmm. in in playing those two characters. And also, on on a show like House, I'm I'm the fifth storyline yeah. in a sense. You know, there's mm-hmm. the case and House, and then the team, and then the patient, and then the love interest yeah. <laughs> for the hospital. Mm-hmm. So you're 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 there to kind of serve so many other storylines that it's. You, it, it's rare that you get to tell such a deep story um, as I got to do on Girlfriend's Guide, although I did get to do that on House Ultimately, which was pretty exciting. Yeah. So tonight's episode was by far the saddest oh, um, yeah. one we've seen. One of the saddest episodes I've ever seen of any TV show, quite honestly, because I was taken so by, we were all taken by surprise. Right. Yeah. It was very shocking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was worried because I, I wanted Leslie Ann to have her eyes open when she was dead because I think it's more obvious. I was worried that people would be confused. Is she asleep? Or I, I, And I saw a little bit of that on Twitter, but then people caught on. Yeah, I mean, in my notes, I literally said Abby and her mom, and I put, is she dead? Yeah. And then, you know, the next commercial break yeah. came, and we, yeah. and I was like, exactly. oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that they were worried it would be so creepy that yeah. it wouldn't feel like our show. It would just be terrifying yeah. to see her laying the earth her eyes open. Yeah. I so it's kind of a, and Tanya Wexler was our director, and she did an incredible job. And uh, uh, it was, uh, and God, having Leslie Ann and Barry Boswick back was, was so nice. Barry basically yeah. slept through the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I, I interview a lot of soap actors, and they say being in a coma is the best thing because you get paid just to lay there. So <laughs> Not a bad day of work. And, and Barry's <laughs> awesome. Uh, how is it like working with Barry freaking Boswick? <laughs> it's like, I mean, it goes all the way back to Rocky Horror. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I love Brad. My whole childhood. Yeah. Let's on, too. I mean, it's just... Yeah. God, we had a, well, you'll see in the next episode at her funeral. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, mm-hmm. that, um, well, I'd hope she had yeah. one, you know, it's, yeah. it's expected. <laughs> yeah, um, that there's a beautiful photograph of her from when she was very young, and it's just kind of shocking. I mean, she's still shockingly beautiful, yes. but yeah. it's like... It's unbelievable. It's hard to imagine a human being had all those features at the same time. <laughs> it's not fair. Stack deck. You know when there's people that they talk and you don't, you're just trying to figure out how all of their facial features work together. Like that. <laughs> yes, I get that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, people look at you like that. Yeah. Oh, you're like, oh god. Oh. I know. I mean. They're both so amazing, and it's funny because it's been a while since we've seen your mother, and at first I thought, wait, is that her stepmother? I forget. Nope, nope, nope. Their parents are still married. What a sad and, you know, it's normal, but not as normal. Like, you guys had some real animosity towards each other, and it's just so heartbreaking that she ended up passing away in this no. episode. I mean, like, what did you, how did Especially you, after that? Abby just yelled at her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I mean, is Abby going to take that with her? Is she going to you Obviously. know, feel blame? It's <laughs> terrible. 
it's Abby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's gonna take it with her. I love that answer. <laughs> this is not the last we're gonna hear about this. Exactly. <laughs> we actually have a question in our live chat here. Uh, Meg Cox wants to know what did you love so much about tonight's super emotional episode with the, your parents? Well, I thought like a lot of the episodes coming up, I thought it was, had real heart to it. This episode mm-hmm. and and Edge and. Uh, it was written so beautifully that it was so easy to do, and even though it was such hard content. And it's just really exciting when that happens, when you, you feel like everything is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. Uh, my dad, knock on wood, right now he's still alive, but, like, we had a moment in the hospital about a couple years back, and it I completely, I, I was trying so hard not to cry, but for me and I'm sure a lot of other people, it... It's a moment that they block out of their memory probably for the rest of their lives, but it happens and it's real. And I do appreciate that the show brought that to the surface. Well, that's what I think I liked about this episode is, you know, and what we loved about Girlfriend's Guide in general is that it doesn't candy coat and it doesn't give you like a TV version of life. Like, this is real. And the fact that she was sitting there, you know, that conversation with Abby and her mom where you're like, are you hearing any of this? Like, is this, ha-? and it's a very, real reaction for somebody to find out their husband has had a stroke to just not hear it. And if she doesn't tell her son that it's serious, then maybe it's not serious. Mm -hmm. And if she doesn't, you know, really buy it, if she's baking cupcakes for the nurses, then maybe it's not really happening. And I think it's a very real human response to a tragedy like that. So I really enjoyed, like, that. And I love the complexity of their relationship through that storyline. Yes. Like that was never dropped, and it was never uh, softened. It yeah. was just—it's their fucked-up dynamic. But they love each other. It's okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's raw and it hurts, but it's also yeah. what you know. A lot of times, you think I'm just going to skip over that in life. I'm going to fast forward. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we saw it, and it hurt for us too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, we—I I very much appreciated it. And, of course, when your father woke up, I was like, what is this, Romeo and Juliet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so sweet, Sally. Dad doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that happens. Been... I, love, I love the conversation with Barbara. Um, mm-hmm. Me too. When, like, and, of course, of course, she's calling to check on one thing, and she has no idea that this whole other thing has happened. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've, I, I think we've all had that kind of experience where it's like, where it's such tragedy, but it's also funny because it's so stupid, the tragedy that just happened that's not even the one we thought was going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, that just, it was really nice. Even though they were kept apart in this episode, for the most part, I felt their bond, those mm-hmm. two characters. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, to me, my favorite friendship of Abby's is Barbara. How is it mm-hmm. like working with Retta? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Retta's awesome. Yeah. I feel like... Uh, you know, Reddit came from Parks and Rec, yes. and yeah. so just trying to figure out like what our rhythm was when mm-hmm. she first got here, and she wasn't on consistently enough to really um, show us what she had to offer. And then when she became a regular, something just like, whoop, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we got we got a powerhouse Barbara. Yeah, and, uh, not that she wasn't awesome in the first t- the first season that she was with us, but something shifted for her as an actor where it was just, it was amazing to, to watch um, and to be able to play off of. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. 
She's so beautiful. Yeah, she's amazing. And, you know, we have that moment when not Barbara, but the rest of the girls Mm -hmm. go to Abby in the hospital. And it's not close, you know. They they make their way to Abby, and that's when I was like, okay, it's coming. I'm crying. I'm going to cry now. I'm just going to let it go now that they're here. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the friendships are playing. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that it, it's meaningful to you guys. Didn't you kind of want... Uh, didn't you kind of want Jake to be there just a little bit? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Just a little bit. There yeah. was like a moment. No, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Part two is next week. Oh, okay, there we go. Oh, God, we're going to get Jake back. I'm just going to lose it. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I but there's a that. moment, mm-hmm. you know. We're heavy mm-hmm. Jake supporters around here. We are heavy <laughs> Jake supporters around yes. here. Jake is, um, Jake is really significantly back a lot in uh, season five. As it should be. Look it up. Yes. Well, it was funny. The conversation that you had uh, with that Abby had with Lily last week. You know, talking about love after she had lost her virginity, and each of I loved it. But each of us here had a different idea of who you were talking about. Mm -hmm. So true. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, okay. What was the language I was talking about about loving having lost? And she says, "You mean Dad?" I I think she was talking about Mike. Um, because she had just mm-hmm. left Mike. Yeah. Um, even though she actually loved Mike. So um, was Mike also who she was talking to her dad about? What'd you say? Was Mike also who she was talking to her dad about? I don't remember what she, when she was talking when to her dad. When he was oh, in this episode. Mm-hmm. She said, I met yeah. someone, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. it wasn't the right timing. That was Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. You Not know, Will. Sorry, Sam. Listen, I just, I, it's fine. I love Will because in a fictional world, I would find him. Um, and just, yeah. I'm like, don't you do this to Will again, Abby. <laughs> we know he's the person. Will is just like a shtuck. I love him so much. He's the absolute best. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm so obsessed with him. <laughs> It's time he starts dating someone his own age, like me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to hear what is next for you, Lisa, before we let you go, because we know you've finished shooting the entire show, and what can we hear about that's next for me, if you can tell us? Uh, I am am, uh, producing and directing, and I wrote a short film that I'm going to shoot next month that I'm really excited about. Amazing. And, uh, and I am developing a TV show for UCP, who is the same studio that did Girlfriend's Guide. Ooh, so, fantastic. A book project. I don't know if it's worth saying what it's actually about yet. I don't know when it's okay to start talking about that in the process of development since I've never really done it before. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a pretty cool experience. I, For me, like... It, in between, after a big job, like after House and certainly after this one, it's it, there's a lot of jobs that might you might get offered that aren't the right next job. And so it takes a while where you have to sort of sit back and let yourself not work and wait for your pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, having the opportunity to be more proactive and, and be a content creator is just a, a relief because... As a creative person, you kind of need to you need to exercise that all the time, or else you go crazy. Uh, so it's been pretty amazing. So, did your you know writing and directing on Girlfriend's Guide really inspire you to start doing more of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Well, I asked to write and to direct on Girlfriend's Guide because I realized it was time. Uh, and it probably was time a long time ago, but I didn't have the confidence. Um, and, and now I feel really, um, I, my career is like, is like this. My career has never been whoop, like that. And so I, everywhere that I'm at, wherever, like, or more like a step like that, it goes up like that. And then you're like on this plateau and then you go up again. And every time I'm where I'm at, it's because I've gone up every single fucking step. <laughs> um, and so. Oh, oh no. Oh. I lost you her frozen. Oh, there we go. Playing at that stage, right? So that's why I really wanted to 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 challenge myself. Yeah, and I think I cannot wait to see the episode that you direct next season that you directed. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the funny thing is when you're directing on a television show, especially one that's been going for a while, it's either going to be fine or it's going to be great. It's never going to suck because right. no one's going to no, everyone knows what show they're doing. And you also can't really do, you can't sign your name to it in too many ways right. uh, because, again, it's part of a larger story. Um, uh, but as an experience, it was a phenomenal growing experience. And, and uh, it was like every OCD part of me got satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> I have an opinion about everything. And in this case, people actually wanted to hear them. Like it was, it was expected of me and that was pretty fantastic. Oh, that is amazing. I, I absolutely love that. And you know, lastly, do you guys have any other questions you're dying to ask Lisa? I don't have any other questions. I just want to say thank you for this show and everyone who worked on it and Marty Mm -hmm. and everyone. There's so many negative images of women on television mm-hmm. but to have women who have these type of relationships and they don't get along all, the entire time but it's real yeah. and authentic it's such a push forward yeah. and such a testament to what you guys got together to create mm-hmm. yeah. thank you <laughs> that's awesome i love hearing it yeah my last question is yeah. can you tell us any funny story that's ever happened on set that something so weird happened and it was hilarious and you thought I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life <laughs> or no. just like no, <laughs> nothing funny ever happens or like a really great moment while you were shooting that you know I I can't I don't have a memory like that I have a memory where if you say something I'll be like oh my god one time and then I'll tell you something really funny okay <laughs> you ask me like that it's like it's a, it hits a wall it's like do what's you your favorite think? movie yeah. Yeah. yeah do you think Phoebe's a little irritating sometimes <laughs> oh poor Phoebe I know I like Phoebe oh. uh, uh, I love the casting of her older daughter yeah uh, yeah so much alike. I thought that scene was really nice, the stuff that she had with her daughter. Um, yeah, Phoebe, Phoebe's <laughs> a bit out in space a lot of the time, but uh, but she's she's trying her best. I, I liked where it was kind of going with Gemma, this weird relationship that yeah. she was having. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, it, and it does, she does go down some nice she goes takes a little turn in, in season five, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I'm going to rephrase this. I'm, I'm just going to give another question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if you were to be any other role besides Abby, who would you oh, pick? Ah, this is good. Well, when I first was uh, was told about the show by Marty, she actually 
offered me Abby or Lila. Oh, oh yeah, right. Yeah. Lila. I, I was like, you know what? I've, I, listen, when I started in this business, <laughs> mm-hmm. Lisa Edelstein, I was not white. <laughs> That's how much things have changed. So Lisa Edelstein was not white enough to get white parts. So anybody like me with brown hair or any ethnicity mm-hmm. of any kind was always designated to the rye best friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I played Lila for the first 10 years of working. And I was like, I'm, I want to be Abby. of like the person who has the whole life um and not just the one that's like on the side (laughs) so yeah so yes that was very exciting that was it was like I would have been really enjoyed being Lila but I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be Abby and we miss Janine yeah Yeah. I loved her we love her and you know but Again, I think we're all grateful, but me, myself, I'm very grateful that you were cast as this role. I just, you know, I was also a fan of House, but I love the way you portray Abby. You're extremely flawed and loving and relatable. So thank you from the bottom mm-hmm. of my heart. And I'm just so grateful that you could Skype with us tonight. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you. Thank you for being here. We're going to let you go, but, uh, you know, keep on tuning in and we'll have a lot to say about the future episodes and I cannot wait to see the rest of this and to see your directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, Lisa. Bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> Well, that was so much fun. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, She's awesome. She is completely awesome. I am shook, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I've loved Lisa Edelstein since she was in Keeping uh, the Faith, which is one of my favorite movies. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, too, actually. And, and yeah, she's I, like, you want hit me? <laughs> well, we have to, you know, touch upon the rest of these storylines. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, Phoebe that Lisa mentioned mm. with her mm. kids. Mm-mm. We Are, got her kids' names. Well, we, yeah. we've gotten them before, and every time I say it, I'm like, Anuk? Every Anuk? time we see yeah. her kids, we're like, why are they named that? That. Yeah. The few times we've seen her kids. Anuka yeah. and Luca. Luke, I mean, Luca's fine, but it's just also, you know, no. it's Phoebe and uh, whatever. But She's a little spicy. I think that we all know, as well as her friends, that she should give the children to her ex-husband. Absolutely. Yeah. do not agree with you on that. Really? At all. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. This is the moment, too, right here. I mean, like, I, come, I come from the mindset of... When they're having that conversation and everyone that is a mother in their group of friends is like, no, absolutely, you do not give up your kids. And Delia's saying, oh, you really should. And she says, Delia, you're not a mom. And I think that's, you know, like, no offense, but, like, you, unless you are a mother, you don't know. And I think, like Lisa said, she is doing her best. And... You know, I don't think she was until now. She yeah. was not doing well, that. She, she really was, wasn't. But, yeah. I as mean, much as I love Phoebe. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's hard. When you have yeah. kids, you have to give up. I mean, the amount of selflessness that happens is unreal. And it's very easy for her husband, who has a staff of people, who That's hasn't true. had to give yeah. up a thing. All he does is provide, you know, financial support. And probably, <clears throat> you know, maybe he is there emotionally. I don't know what their relationship is like. But the kids have a staff of people to cook for them, clean for them, take them where they're going. And 
Phoebe doesn't have that. It's just her, and she's doing her best, and to expect her to give up her entire life, her entire career, her entire social life, to be there 24-7 for her <coughs> kids is a lot to ask. And so on the outside looking in, saying, oh, well, it's really best for your kids because your life is messy, everyone's life is messy. Like, it doesn't mean she and, shouldn't be yeah, a mother. And, and not to play devil's <coughs> advocate or Delia's advocate is... And and I will say, barring a few things, I've been Delia's worst critic, but this was actually my favorite episode for her for the most part mm-hmm. because I feel like Delia was the only one coming from a rational place and the, Delia's opinion mm-hmm. comes from coming from a dysfunctional family herself. Her relationship with her father and things like that, her dad was very selfish and that is how she sees Phoebe. So that <coughs> is right now because Phoebe, in her mind, isn't putting her kids first. And when you've had that parental relationship that is what Delia is seeing because Delia is deeply scarred from the fact that her dad was not there for that's her a really good and point. that's then th- this is where I really understood Delia in this episode and I think that's why I liked her because I felt like she was actually the only one thinking about Anouk and Luco as opposed to everybody else that was thinking about Phoebe because they're Phoebe's friends and they had at least somewhat decent relationships with their parents you know, I know Abby's parents occasionally, you know, she'd call them out for being selfish, but it's not like Delia's dad, who, you know, pretty well mm. was an alcoholic mm. and abandoned her. So that is why I really understood Delia, because I can kind of relate to that. You know? yeah. I mean, I understand. Mm. I mean, I will say for this episode, do I think Phoebe should give up her kids? I don't, th- no. I don't think so. But not what I will say yeah. is, what I will say is, I don't think it's unreasonable for the father to ask because it seemed from the mm-hmm. episode that a lot of what he was saying was based on what the children were telling him. Yes. yes. And, right. I, and I will also say that his request to get custody of the kids is what snapped Phoebe back into what she mm-hmm. needed to be because for the she past several love. months she was not present no, for no. anybody. But not her husband, her kids, her friends, no one. I only Gemma. I have a very big problem with it because it was the Gemma thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't the Gemma thing, I would say, no, she should keep her kids. But she just went all in with Gemma because she... And I, I don't think it was appropriate whatsoever. I think it was pretty bad. And two, I, and this is why I understand Phoebe's point as well, especially with Gemma, is, you know, Phoebe was abused by an older woman. Mm-hmm. And that was basically what this relationship with Gemma was. And Phoebe has such low self-esteem and stuff from that is why she had this great guy, JD, and was really <coughs> making it work with her kids. Then this woman comes in and sort of swoops her, you know, back into that cycle, yeah. which is, you know... It is detrimental to her kids, and I didn't think it was out of line for Ralph to ask because I don't. He never said he wanted her never to see the kids. Right, right. It was all about like this is not stable right now. I never felt it was final or even disrespectful. Yeah. Well, then you say, no, no. then you call her up and you say, you know what, you're going through a lot. Let's have the kids stay with me a little mm-hmm. more. You don't send a letter to her lawyer that you're going to take custody. I don't know. My thing on this is that. I think what it's hard to understand, unless you have kids, is that when you have kids, and, you know, my understanding is Phoebe was essentially like a stay-at-home mom, a housewife, Mm. and when you do that, which I'm a stay-at-home mom, and you give up, I have young kids, you give up everything, 
every single moment of your life is devoted to your kids. It's impossible not to be. You have to feed them. You have to take care of them. And for the first five years, you have nothing and you have to fight for some sort of identity and independence. And, you know, she was a model before. And it's very easy for women to be able to choose, you know, do I go back to work? Do I stay home? Well, when your work isn't an option, then you don't have a choice. You have to stay home. You have to give up yourself to be there for your kids and it's beautiful and it's amazing but it also is incredibly selfless and hard and you come out of it and you have to fight to figure out you know what do I like what who am I what do I do from here and for me you know looking back this is the first episode I'm looking at Phoebe from who I've not been a Phoebe fan but I'm looking at her and, and what I see is a woman who gave up a good chunk of her life to raise these kids and now is desperately fighting to figure out who she is and you know the Gemma thing she probably latched onto that because maybe it was the first time she felt like oh this is like real yeah. I don't know but to say you need to give up your kids because you're finally doing something for yourself is ludicrous well but I also we're gonna I feel like we could talk about this all night yeah. but I don't think she's always been there like we always like we're our kids we're well, yeah. Kids yeah from day one but, but I mean we're Abby's kids we're Joe's kids yeah, I mean, we see a little yeah, bit more because, of that. And I'll yeah, also we do. say, until she married J.D., even though her husband has a staff full of people yeah. helping, mm-hmm. until she married J.D., so did she. she. Yeah. Right. I mean, they had two nannies and, yeah. I mean, you yeah. remember that when, when and she Mar- and J- Yeah, so it was, it was, so that was a little more even playing field and, also. And, and it was, like, established that Martita had had more right. relationships right. with but her kids. But that's the beauty, and, you yeah. know, about yeah. our panel and about the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we, it's amazing. We could just debate this for 10 hours. Yeah, no where's the verse is the show? Uh, let's talk about <laughs> Delia and Albert and Joe. What? Oh, oh my gosh. Lordy, lordy. Lordy. Uh, you know, that. I, that, that scene that they had when Phoebe comes in and she comes out, and uh, Joe and Delia are talking. So awkward. And it's, I was like, I literally wrote it before it happened. I was like, they confront each other. This is happening. Yeah. Awkward moment. What did you guys think? I actually loved that moment because, again, as someone who I loved Phoebe in the seasons before and didn't like Delia, this season it sort of flipped. And I really like this relationship here that they, I didn't like that Delia said that this was all about her, but that seems in her mm-hmm. character to do so and sort of made it that way. But I feel like Delia is hurt here because Delia had real feelings for Albert, yeah. too. And, and still does. Yes. Yeah. And I felt that her and Joe's first conversation was really good, that it wasn't like, oh, I get you didn't know, like, you know, a little bit. She was a little catty about it, but she was like, oh, oh, you only knew then. Oh, okay. Delia's being manipulative. The only person playing games here is Delia. Mm -hmm. The only person from, like, Yeah, Albert is not. Yeah, Delia, like, she wasn't up front with Joe, like, from the first conversation they had. She's like, you four days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She was, I was like, passive aggressive much? Because that's what's going on. That's kind of what I would do. I mean, (laughs) I'm not exactly sure how much time has passed, but I'm assuming not very much. And, you know, it was very devastating what happened to her. And I think she puts a lot of blame on Albert. I think that she felt hope that her and Albert might Ah, reconnect. Yeah, and that's what I think. No, no, yeah. Yeah, and Mm. that's kind of why, as much as it irks me that she made it about her, I do feel that she had real feelings for him, and that's why this hurts. And she's trying to be... A decent friend? I wouldn't say good, but I would just say that I, she's like, oh no, he hurt me, he'll hurt you, but I love him. And and oh, to God, her, she doesn't know they together, like each other. Yeah. 
Joe and Albert could I mean, no. I think Joe and yeah. Albert could. I oh, actually oh, yeah, Joe and Albert. Oh, what about yeah. Scotty? Scotty. 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 Yeah, we need back? Scotty back. Mm. Okay, listen. Back I, I really think that he does yeah. because I, I, I think Will will come back. He watches yeah. the show. Will, are you coming back? No, yeah. Will. Listen, I think that he might have said to me in the past, I'll be back in the next couple I think seasons, he said so he I'll was. come back on the show. I'm going to hit you up mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah, yeah regardless of whether you come back I told you, I slide into his DMs all the time, you know, his DMs on Instagram. I'm like, <laughs> hey, Will. Hey, hottie, Tati, Scotty. Um, yeah, it's a thing. Sorry. I'm sorry, Will. Um, on that note, it's going to set predictions for next week. I'll After make this out myself. Buzz. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the music. Tara, oh my like, gosh! Yeah. I mean, you're at the um, end of the table. I'm sorry. It's always a point to you. Well, I mean, one, I want. I would tell you what I want. I definitely want Jake to come back because I feel mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. in this episode, he was the one piece that was missing. Um, I knew sooner or later Delia and Joe and and Phoebe would come to see Abby, whether her mom passed away or not. I knew sooner or later they would show up. But there just still seems to be this incredible bond between Abby and Jake yes. that he felt like. Honestly, Especially I felt in crisis, yeah, right? like I felt like he was missing. Mm-hmm. So, regardless of what we saw in the previews with Coach coming through the door, which James Leaser, you know, I'm always oh, I that, love him. I yes, really sir. want to see Jake because even though they're divorced, Abby needs Jake to ground her and yeah. help her get through things. It's just the way she is. No matter who else she's mm-hmm. dated, Jake has always been that person. Yeah. So I I want Jake to come back. Um, and, you know, Delia's going to come out with those feelings sooner or later. There's just no way I think this Joe and Albert thing can go on with how her really telling everyone how she feels. And she's still in love with Albert. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. Gordon was who Gordon was, and we all loved Gordon. Mm-hmm. But I always thought Delia really loved Albert. Because you could see, even before yeah, they started I sleeping did. together, that yeah. she had at least this ref- a respect for him, and he had a respect for yeah, her. And they so see I each other the it. same. Yeah. Like, they do get each other. So I do. I don't think... Somewhere along the line, the confrontation has to happen where Delia really lets it be known how she feels. She may not get what she wants. Mm-mm, she's not. But it has to be addressed because right. passive-aggressive stuff just boils, you know, yeah. it just sooner or later has to come out someplace. And it does suck that Prison Break, I think, is what kept Paul Adelstein out of maybe this scene where he really was needed. Because it's so frustrating because, yeah... That was Jake and and Abby. Both are always there for each yeah, other with emotional stuff. That's as she was with his yeah. uh, his black baby. <laughs> well, not just being there for each other. You know, yeah. I mean, they were married for a long time. So her parents were his in laws, mm-hmm. and there is love and affection for them that he has. So I mean, no. that's like a hard thing for him as well. So I think definitely we're going to see Jack, J- mm-hmm. Jake in the next episode because it just makes sense. And if this is a real show, which that's why we love yeah, it, right. then he should be there. Um, I yeah, am really curious to see what Barbara comes up with for Lady Parts, and she alluded to, like, let's just do something completely different yeah. in terms of getting them funding, so I'm actually really curious to see what her, yeah. where that goes. Um, so if anybody has ideas, shoot them <laughs> out. And on how Abby interrupts. feels about it once things yes. settle, because that's going to be an interesting yes. conversation. Yeah, because I really hope it's not like a Kickstarter. That's what I was afraid oh, God, of. No. Like, it's going to be and I'm like, it's no, totally no, like I think weird, it's going to be like, something better. I hear woman, yeah. I hear woman, hear me roar Kickstarter. What do you think, yeah. Alicia, for next week? Oh, I, I'm glad to see Max. I hope we get to see his husband as well. I love J. August Richards, but he's yeah. pretty busy. Um, but yeah. 
Jake better be in the next episode. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm, I, it feel, uh, this film's in Vancouver, right? And mm-hmm. so did Prison Break. Yep. It's not like he couldn't walk over there. <laughs> yes. Oh, like, oh, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa alluded not that, big. that yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we she, she did. Oh, oh I have one more. Mm-hmm. I think that Joe is going to lose it with Delia. Because I oh, think, yeah. how could she it's not Joe. be offended mm-hmm. that yeah. Delia thinks that, like, Albert couldn't possibly legitimately have a thing for her? Yes. That it's yeah. got to be, like, oh, getting back at Delia. At some point, it's going to come to head, and she's going to be like, why? Like, why couldn't he have a thing for me? Yeah. Not well, yeah. I'm thinking, here's my here's mm-hmm. my big prediction. Okay, go ahead. Hottie Toddy Scotty has to come back. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. We are, what is this, three? We have four more episodes left for this season. Oh, okay. We love you guys, and oh my God, do we love Lisa Edelstein yes. for yes. Skyping and Life yes. is Made. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. One more time, where can you find me on social media? TJ Wagging Her Tail is where you can find Tara Johnson. And you can find me, Lindsay Miller, at Rockin' Mama Life. And on the Cretia line, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And you guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamDavidsonEntertainment.com, Twitter and Instagram, at SamD43. And exciting news, we have Alana Ubach Skyping in as well next week. It's going to be an awesome show, so stay tuned for that, and we'll see you then. Bye, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. We love you, Lisa. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin... The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.